0: Welcome to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, the show that explores the background of Tolkien's amazing world from the very beginning. Welcome back, everybody. This is the, I guess you could say, in-between episode. We're finished with the Silmarillion And we're moving on to more material, but not quite yet, because I wanted to take this week to, first of all, say thank you so much for being here. And then also to read through some of your thoughts, some of the things that our patrons have responded to on a post that I put that kind of, I don't know, brings together everybody's thoughts on getting through the Silmarillion and what the show has done so far. So, That's going to be today's episode. I'm going to dig into some of the things that you've commented and respond to each. And this is going to be much more conversational, less of a guided tour of a specific book and more of a let's look back on everything and put a little bow on it. Something like that. So thank you for being here. And also thank you for putting up with my voice. I'm still fighting off a cold. I thought I was getting better like two days ago. And then it, I don't know. It just kind of dug its evil tendrils into my, Oh, this is disgusting into my nose and my face. Um, Okay. There are not evil tendrils in my face, but, Uh, you can definitely still hear it when I talk because I can't breathe out of my nose very well, but, uh, we're, we're just going to roll with it. I hope it's not too annoying and let's dig in. So this is the post that I put up on the Patreon and, uh, it says, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, and then it talks about how this episode that just came out this last week is the last episode for The Silmarillion, and I'd really like to find out some things from all of you. So these were the questions. First of all, what did you think of The Silmarillion? Did you enjoy the series, the histories, the characters? Uh, How has your view of Tolkien's world changed? What stood out to you the most, and what details would you like to know more about still? So I wanted to get a sense of like, okay, we've we've come this far. The Silmarillion is very, very detailed, but it definitely doesn't cover everything. Right. And from each of your perspectives, where are you at? How do you feel so far? So we got a number of responses. So thank you. Thank you to everybody who took the time to respond. And um, here we're just going to go through them. So David S. First to Respond writes, it has been awesomeness. Thank you for all the time and effort you put into this. Just saying awesome. So (laughs) thank you, David. And you're welcome. Uh, So David's just like, this is great. This is wonderful. Thank you for doing this. And David, you're very welcome. Fulcrum uh, has a nice long post. Fulcrum writes... I really enjoyed the series, history, and characters, especially since you broke things down into bite-sized pieces. The Silmarillion is such a challenging read that it really helped provide a better understanding of events. I wouldn't say that my view of the world has changed, however. I do think that The Silmarillion provides more depth to the rest of the story you wouldn't otherwise get. It's hard to say what stood out the most for me. It's been such a long time since I read The Silmarillion. There are so many things that I want to know more about that, uh, that world as a whole, uh, like, I want more info about Tom Bombadil and Goldberry. I want to know how the hobbits came into existence. Where did Ungulliant come from? These are all questions that I don't believe have answers, though, as far as I'm aware. I can't wait to see what else we explore. Yeah, and these are those are some of the big topics that have come up uh, over the last year and a half. The things that a lot of people ask questions about. What about Tom and Goldberry? Like, what, what are they actually? How do they even work? How come they weren't? I don't know, corrupted by the ring or at least compelled to try to take it or whatever. How how do they have power over everything? Um, And I've gone over that in some of the other bonus episodes, especially Um, details on them. And I'm sure I'll come back around to them in the future. And then um, Ungoliant, same kind of thing. Where did she actually come from? And what is the outer darkness? Are there other godlike beings out there kind of like? Eru Iluvatar is she on in some level on par with the Iluvatar? I mean, how does that make sense? And uh, my my sense of that is she's not quite on that level, but she is a creature from out in the void, and in some ways may even just represent the void, the nothingness that uh, is co- contrary to the somethingness of existence. This idea that Eru uh, Iluvatar actually makes a thing the world and that is the opposite of the void so Ungoliant, being of the void is of nothing and so the nothing wants to consume the something and now all of a sudden we're in the never-ending story for those of you who have ever seen that Uh, not, not exactly the same thing but the nothing makes me think of that And the other the other point you brought up was uh, how hobbits come into existence. And I think that's a good question. Uh, I my sense of that to just answer it real quick, is that they are of the line of men. There were different tribes of men and the ones that play into the story of the Silmarillion in the first and the second age typically are the ones that made their way over to the west side of the continent there were other men, of course, all over the rest of the continent and wherever else there might be places to exist. And uh, some of them were shorter hobbit like people. Some of them were taller, more similar to the the Adaine or Adaine Adine. I think it's adine. Somebody corrected me on that one time. And of course, I never quite get all the pronunciations correct because it's like speaking in a different language. Let's be honest, it's the words, the way you read them in English, regardless of your dialect or your accent, the way Tolkien actually uses the words, it's like a different language. It's, very, it's If you haven't noticed yet, it's difficult for me. All right. So thank you, Fulcrum. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi writes, can't believe that we have already covered the entire Silmarillion. Got addicted from the first episode. I've never read it before, unfortunately. But wow, wow, wow. These stories were so interesting. Tolkien's universe opened the doors for me for sure. Can't wait for the rest of the stories. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. That, uh, you know, it's You talk about how Tolkien's universe opened the doors and all of that, getting into so much more depth and and what's going on with the things that he created. And it really is a shame that, you know, humans only live so long. He only could create so much. And yet this world is so well done. Every story, every piece feels like a passion project. Like, like every... uh, it's, I don't know, maybe it has something to do with the way that we create content in today's world, and the fact that so much of our, what we are consuming as art is really product. When you think about the Silmarillion, especially, the history of the world, all of the other stuff that Tolkien was creating, it from the beginning, there was no sense of making a product out of it, it just so happened that he ended up writing the hobbit and then got it published and even then didn't have high hopes that this would become a book that would be a big seller or anything like that he wasn't he wasn't an author as a job choice <laughs> he, he he had a career he was a professor at a university he was pretty well off because he made good money as a professor he didn't need a side hustle you know what i'm saying so when it comes to the work that he was doing in the Silmarillion, in the world that he was creating, in the books that, and the novels that he ended up writing, the initial intent wasn't product. And you can even see it in some of the back and forth that he had with like the publishers for the Lord of the Rings and things like that. They're all taking this work and looking at it like it's a product and trying to wrap it up in a way that's going to work for the way people consume these kinds of things. He was only worried about telling a good story about the characters, about the world, about the languages, all of that. And I think that's part of what makes this stand apart from so much else, especially in our current world where many of the movies that we watch and many of the the books that we read and the TV shows and even the video games we play are all designed to be products. And at some point there's a certain percentage of them from the design point forward that's considering the consumer and how the consumer consumes rather than art for the sake of art. And I think that's what we get here, is we actually get art for the sake of art. So anyway, just a a quick little side ramble. Thank you, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, Goblin writes, uh, it was a very nice series and thank you for accomplishing it. Offering context for things we have experienced from our normal lives really helped. The tragic nature of so many of the stories, though Sheesh, he wasn't a really happy guy, was he? Smiley face. Um, I, I actually, I think he was pretty, pretty content. Uh, for us, as much as we can tell from his letters and from uh, people who knew him, he was—he was the kind of guy who went to work and he, he had his family and. Um, you know, of course, the kids at different ages throughout the, you know, the years growing up, he was a, a good husband and a good father and people seemed to like him. And he had uh, the Inklings, his the other authors and, and professors that he would get together with and share the work together. It seemed like he was a pretty well-adjusted guy for having been somebody who went through war early in his life. And uh, I, I think... I think it also, like that, that I, mean, I have a feeling your, your comment there is kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek, but I, I think this shows that humans are multifaceted, right? That you can live a good life, you can, for all intents and purposes, people would say, oh, you seem like a nice guy, you seem like a happy person, and yet still on the inside, deal with these themes, struggle with the nature of humanity. And the world. And I think that that's also very poignant for today's world to be the kind of person who can get up and do what you need to do and enjoy and be thankful for the things that you have. But then also be aware of those darker themes and struggle with them. And clearly his his method of struggling with them was through writing and probably through his religious practice and belief and and relationships and things like that. But uh, yeah, I would say that he's an interesting, complex and well-rounded person. At least that's what it appears to be, you know? So thanks Goblin. Uh, Eru Uluvatar equals Jesus answered three of the questions. Answered the first question, which was, what'd you think about the Silmarillion with, uh, the Silmarillion was awesome. And then the third question, which was, what stood out to you the most with the absolute evil and good in Middle-earth? Interesting, absolute, Evil and good in Middle Earth. I wish you could expand on that a little bit. And then the final question: uh, What details would you like to know more about? Still, uh, Melkor, Sauron, and Turin—or Turin—but um, you can't help that since Tolkien already died. Uh, yeah, wouldn't it be nice if he—if he wrote more? Well, there there is more to read about each of these characters in other books. So we'll be getting around to some of that. So if that's what you're you're waiting for, don't worry. We've got a variety of other books that we can cover and kind of dig into with more details on each of these. So so don't worry about that. Uh, thank you, Eru Aluvatar. <laughs> uh, Nadia writes, I so love The Silmarillion, I never would have expected it. Listening to your podcast and getting to know Tolkien's great work has kind of changed my life a bit. This must sound a little dramatic. I know. No, go for it. Like uh, smiley face. Uh, but I was told by so many people that it was a boring book and that I wouldn't understand it, which is saying a lot since I'm a pastor in Germany and thus studied the old Testament at university for quite a lot of years. Winky face. Yeah. I've been there too i uh, not a pastor, but definitely have studied the Old Testament. Uh, but now I know that it is the key to such an amazing world. So many big questions and big answers as well. Nadia, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Uh, your friends need to, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people deal with this where people just make assumptions about you and yet don't consider the other aspects of your life that they haven't seen you as part of. I go through this because I uh, like Tolkien. I'm a multifaceted person. Um I have lots of hobbies. I I rarely take on side projects without truly thinking through them or uh, engaging in some way. This is something I, I discovered in my own personal like work life. Before I was full-time content creator, I've worked many different jobs. And a lot of times when you would meet somebody, they'd say, oh, what do you do? And like I used to design boxes. That was a career I had. I was a box engineer. Um And they would, you know, like, oh, this is what I do. I design boxes. And so they make assumptions that like, oh, that must be, oh, so did you go to school for like engineering or mathematics or something like that? And I was like, nope, not at all. Uh, (laughs) I went to school for other stuff. And that that assumption that like, you must only have one thing that you do. And that's the one thing that you're good at. And everything else you must like, at, at most be an amateur. And so it's kind of funny to see somebody who has clearly studied very difficult old texts and for somebody to say, well, yeah, but this book's probably not for you. That's a little silly. You know, it is a little silly, Um, but it's just the nature of us. We just I think we underestimate other people sometimes. And um, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you, Nadia. And uh, yeah, I would love uh, especially people who have studied either literature or other ancient works of uh, Religion mythology those kinds of things. I would especially love your perspectives on this because and this has happened multiple times throughout the series Especially for those of you who get the bonus episodes Somebody will write something and say hey, I you know, I like your take on this. Here's what I thought and Uh, There are there are connections to this other thing that you didn't bring up and I'm like, oh, you're right That is something that had not crossed my mind and that helps expand my perspective on it as well it's that uh, Knowledge is a like expanding balloon thing and the more it expands the more butts up against other stuff, right? And that that is really engaging for me. So so yeah, I would love to hear any more of your perspectives any of you of course, but uh, especially those of you who have studied old works and literature and things like that. So, all right, uh, we're already in the middle of the episode. I got to go thank our patrons and we'll be back in just a minute. I've got some more of these to get through and thank you for being here. Go check these out today. Search for Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Again, search Eufy Video Lock. I think you'll love it. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. We've got some new patrons to welcome to the Patreon. Thank you for joining us. Nikki R, Nick C, Duke of Squirrel, also a very cool name, and uh, Bjarki R, I think is how you pronounce that. Welcome to the Patreon. I hope you're enjoying the things that you get for the different tiers, like ad-free episodes and then bonus episodes and all of that stuff. Also, we have to shout out our VIP patrons Big shout out to all of you and all 180 of our current patrons. Let's go down the VIP list, let's see how quickly I can get through this. AK Music Lover, Anakin Skywalker, Aragorn the Third, Austin C, Azel Razzle, Barney D, Bo, Bra- Black Squirt, already messed up, Brandy D, Chewbacca, Cutter Metalworks, Darth Feanor, David S, David M, Drupal, Esoteric Rage, Fulcrum, Gavin Laugh, Gemma D, Jesse P, Jokim B, Katie L, Katie S, Capenna, Larry, Laurie B, Nick K, Nick L, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Peace Lutheran Church, Sam B, Sauron for Life, Swiggy Swoo, TJT, Tour Son of Horror, Tyler M, Thank you so much for your support. And let's get to some new reviews. Oh, by the way, the Patreon, patreon.com slash L O T R Lorecast. There's a link in the show notes if you want to go check that out and all the different stuff you can get. Uh, if, also, if you leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts, I'll read it out on a future episode. Like the Pajama Bob from the United States, wonderful name. This is the best Tolkien podcast you can find. Wow. That's high praise, Pajama Bob. Uh, I've listened to mostly every podcast out there about Tolkien and his works, and this one is above and beyond the best one I have listened to. Whether you're relatively new to Tolkien or a complete Tolkien junkie, I can guarantee you will enjoy this podcast. The content is very easy to follow while also being very incredibly informative and encapsulating. I consider myself a super Tolkien nerd and have for years, and I still learn new stuff from each episode. Can't recommend enough. Bob, that was amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave that very, very kind review. And then we have one from Phil FCB in Germany who writes, Great podcast. Greetings from Germany. Hello to Germany from Florida. (laughs) I really love this podcast and the way you tell the amazing story. Thank you for doing this podcast and giving us a way to learn more about Tolkien's amazing world. Well, thank you, Phil and Bob. That's amazing. Thank you so much to everybody who has supported the show. We have made it all the way through the entire Silmarillion. I'm so excited about where we're going to be going and I hope you stick around for the ride. All right, let's move on with the rest of the show. All right, on to the next one. Black Squirrel writes, listening to you describe and read out particular parts, it has really helped me to picture the early world of Middle Earth. I'm going to, hopefully soon, listen to the audiobooks. Yeah, go listen to the audiobooks. Um, I haven't checked out the audiobook, the, the the new one, The Silmarillion with Andy Serkis, yet, but I'm sure it's freaking amazing. Um, totally worth going back through the stories again. The... The way the stories are done and the depth and the uh, various, the specificity of the language used, as we've discussed a lot on this show, warrants multiple listen or read-throughs. So absolutely go do that. I hope you enjoy it a lot. So thanks, Black Squirrel. We, next one is from uh, Luke J., who writes, While I had read The Silmarillion before, this really has stuck with me way more than when I read it. It can be confusing to read but the way it was presented here quoting when appropriate and referencing back to characters when they come up explaining who they are and retreading some of the book really helped ingrain it in my mind yeah and you know you want to know a secret about the reason i present it that way is because that's what helps me (laughs) because even even going back through it again And getting to certain parts and then you know a character pops up again and I'm like Oh, that's one of the elves that has an aim that starts with an F crap. Which one was that again? I The fact that I have to go back even as I've been working on this for a year and a half and sometimes Pick a specific thing and go. Okay, let's let's uh, retry this a little bit for the audience so that they they can still follow along This because I needed it. I'll be honest. It's because I needed it and I uh, I have certain quirks in the way everybody has quirks in the way their brains work. Um, mine is very good at seeing connective thread through complex uh, topics, philosophies, things like that. But if you ask me a specific name of something like what is the name of that road that's like at the end of your street, I would be like, I, I don't know. I drive on it all the time, but I don't remember the name of the road. Uh, it's just a quirk of the way my brain works. And so. I figure if there are certain things that I'm finding difficult, then maybe somebody else is too. So I'm glad that that works out for this show and that that helps everybody keep up with it because it's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of different names and it's it's hard for anybody, even if you're not, you don't have a dumb brain like mine. Um, and then they go on and say, uh, it's been a fantastic journey and I've always looked forward to the new episodes. How can I even pick my favorite part? I love this st- story of Turin. Anything to do with Finrod and the story of Fingolfin against Morgoth uh, could be on repeat for a week, and I don't believe I'd get tired of that beautiful writing. Oh, my God, it's so good, especially when when these key characters hit these like climactic moments and conflicts. Oh, it's so good. So Luke goes on and says, where was I? Uh, Recent episodes linking it back to the last king of Gondor was also great. And seeing how that makes the witch king slash Sauron different to Morgoth. I'm very interested in in the histories of Gondor and Arnor. And I've been It's been fantastic to hear those timelines explored in bonus episodes. The whole show has really enhanced my already high view of the world, and I've gained a super appreciation for it, and I can't wait for the second season of The Rings of Power to debut next year to hear more discussion and recaps of those episodes again. Overall, thanks for all the work. It's consistently a highlight of my week. Luke, thank you so much for all of that. Uh, Yeah, so uh, to some of your other points, the um, Meow, the Witch King, did I say Meow? I'm gonna leave that in, because that was almost a meow. Um, The Witch King and Sauron and how they are different from Morgoth is a really cool distinction and insight into the way evil can work or the way that a Sauron or the Witch King could be corrupted to be more evil than they initially were to this. The idea that there are certain parts of their personality that can be bent into something that ends up being really bad (laughs) is kind of a cool insight and also terrifying Um, and I'm glad you enjoyed the history of the Gondorian Kings this was something that I did in the bonus episodes uh, two different episodes we went through all the Gondorian Kings up until the line ended some what was that a thousand years before Aragorn uh, came back Um, but yeah it's it's interesting that uh, although the details of each of those time periods is Kind of, I don't know, kind of shot over in the Silmarillion. We get little bits, right? We get little bits of like, especially even with Numenor, we get like eh, and then a few hundred years go by and there was this king and then this happened. But it doesn't even specifically give you the dates. You have to go other places to get all the dates. So that view of things is uh, tricky, but also insightful. The idea that Gondor, I mean, think about any... Any kingdom, nation, civilization that has existed continually for, I mean, I guess you could even say Gondor itself lasts 3,000 years plus. And then the founding of Gondor and the Numenorians before that are a few more thousand years. So that's kind of like if we were to trace Western civilization from our time period back Two thousand years ago, you end up at the Romans. You go back another two to three thousand years before that. Now you're at the Mesopotamian cultures. I mean, we're talking uh, even ancient Egypt, the origins of ancient Egypt, the uh, Akkadians, like the, like these very ancient cultures. So, in our own timeline and our own time frame we lose a lot of that history over switch, such 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 long periods of time and sure if you have longer lives if you have for example a line of people who last 200 years then that memory doesn't dis- die and go away as quickly but even even if you were to cut the time frame in half even if you said to you know 2500 years ago that's we're in <laughs> we're in the founding of Rome. We're in ancient Greece. Like, there's only so much we know about that culture today. And most of it is because we're depending on the writings of people who get passed down from that time period and archaeological remains and a whole bunch of other stuff to kind of piece it all together. My point is, there's a lot of stuff that can happen in that time period. And so. You would assume that there's a lot that happens throughout the history of, say, Gondor over 3,000 years. That's a long period of time. And sure enough, there is. There's a lot that happens. But we don't get insight to all of it. And the parts that we do get, we've got to dig them up. They're not so concisely laid out. So, anyway, that was a big, long tangent, but thank you, Luke, and thank you for taking the time to go into detail about all those specific things. I find all of those things very, very cool, so I'm glad you do, too. All right, we've got one more. This is from AK Music Lover, who writes, Just start over, putting an ever-so-slightly different spin on events and people. That should take another two years. Smiley face. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What if I... What if I was to do that? What if I was like, all right, we're starting over. And then I just totally made up like crap, just like made things up and was like, well, the reason for this is this other thing that nobody has ever talked about. That was one of the things I joke about with one of my co-hosts or actually a few of my co-hosts on the other shows that I do is wouldn't it be funny to do a lore show about something, but just make stuff up and it not as not in a way that's like you know uh pretending like it's real like expecting that we're going to convince people of something that's not true more like in a way where everybody knows it's made up like um for example the onion is like fake is clearly fake news they've been doing fake news for 20 some years now and it's hilarious because everybody knows it's fake but in the fact that it's fake The fact that it's parody, basically, there's definitely some insight into the way things actually work. So, man, can you imagine, am I smart enough to do something like that? I don't, I'm not sure I am. Uh, It would be really fun to get a group together and improvise that stuff, like really good improvisers who also have a lot of the actual knowledge, but then take it and turn it in ways that are like possible, like maybe that's a thing, and yet are completely. Completely wrong and just flat out wrong, but are funny. That seems like, I don't know. I feel like I'm creating something that like four people would enjoy, but whatever. Um, (laughs) But thank you, uh, AK Music Lover. Thank you to everybody who took the time to respond to this. And if you've responded to anything else, whether it's on the discord or the Patreon comments on the episodes on Patreon, any of that stuff. Thank you so much. Oh, and by the way, Patreon has changed since I launched the show. You can now join the patreon as a free member you don't get any of the bonuses that you would pay for but you can follow along and you can actually look at the posts on there you can comment you can do things like that as well so there is kind of a free section now it's just a thing that works across all of patreon so if you want to make sure that you're plugged in. That's another way to do it. I don't, I don't push it very much, but that's a thing. Also um, thank you for, for tuning in. Uh, I'm skipping out on the bonus episode this week. I know this is something I rarely do. It is a holiday week. I'm cramming to get this in and uh, just honestly, I've covered a lot of these comments and I don't really have anything in mind right now to cover in a bonus episode. So I thought I would just take a week off from that. Let myself refresh, get into what we're doing next and then go with that. So I hope that's okay. And next up is The Unfinished Tales. We're gonna dig into The Unfinished Tales. This is another book that was uh, put together by Christopher Tolkien and continues, gives a different insight and also discusses different stories that didn't really make it into the Silmarillion the same way as they appear in this volume. So there's a lot of cool stuff in there to dig into. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it, and I look forward to rereading it again because it's been a while. So stay tuned for that in the future. Thank you again for being here. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I'll see you very soon. Thanks for listening to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you'd like to learn more about other fantasy worlds, check out my other podcasts, The Elder Scrolls Lorecast, The Witcher Lorecast, and more, at robotsradio.net. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at Robots underscore Radio or join our amazing community on the Robots Radio Discord. There are links in the show notes or just search Robots Radio Discord or find the link on RobotsRadio.net. I'll see you next time.